Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Uliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. I was divinely activated in May 1975. I can't believe that it's 47 years, 48 years. But in May 1975, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. We're talking about a kid that was raised in church all of his life, had memorized Bible verses, had you know, never missed a Sunday, going to church, Sunday school, the whole thing. But it was a really, for me, a religious encounter. But in May 1975, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, the fire of God came upon me. And I was totally revolutionised. And, and I can remember, it was just a total change. It was like, you know, on the Friday before I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I was the secret Christian at school. Nobody knew I was a Christian. On the Monday, after I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I was the school evangelist. It was like everybody needed to know. It was just this total transformation of divine activation that just came upon me. And, and, so, and, and I just remember the steps that took place for me. And just, you know, I was playing music in the church as I, as I did since the age of nine. Can you believe that? I was in, uh, yeah, with the piano accordion, Matthew. And uh, in an Italian church, it's um, very much uh, appreciated. And, um, and, uh, but, then, but then I took on another role, which was to be a Sunday school teacher. And so I became a Sunday school teacher and had a class that, I, that had an age range from 5 to 13. And I remember, how do you keep the attention of a 5-year-old as well as a 13-year-old? And I just remember uh, having to act out the Bible stories and just keeping them spellbound through the acting and, the, and, and, and just, you know, getting the JIV, the John Juliano version, adding those little bits and pieces in. And, and I had no idea that in that Sunday school class that I was teaching, God was actually preparing me to be a preacher. I had no idea. All I did was to say yes to an opportunity and then every Saturday night, I would be going to Hunter Street in Newcastle and doing street evangelism. And uh, our church had a coffee shop in uh, Hunter Street's the main street in Newcastle. And back then, the main street was alive because the big shopping centres uh, weren't there. And, and uh, we'd do evangelism, invite people to the coffee shops and pray for them, see people saved. And... And uh, it was just every Saturday night. That's, that's what I did. And, I, and, uh, and because I'm looking for outlet to this fire of God that's in my spirit. I had no idea what my life would look like in 2023. This is 1975. And, and so I'm just starting with the little things that God gave me. But the difference for me was that I changed from being an attender a spectator to being a contributor and I was keen to contribute and I really believe that this year if you want to start your journey of divine activation you need to say Lord I don't just want to be an attender and and by 
by all means, be an attender and welcome back to those that have been away for so many years. Give, give our first time back for three years a great big welcome. We are so thrilled, so thrilled that you're back. And if you're still online and you want to attend, fantastic. If you can't attend, we'll be online. You're still part of our church online and we love you. Um, but, uh, but that was my divine activation. But it's all based in this verse in, in Jeremiah that I want you to focus on because this is such an important verse in the Bible that certainly impacted me in my younger days and has never left me. Can I read it to you? Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, it says this, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew. This is what God was saying to Jeremiah, who was a prophet. But, uh, but he's telling his story. And he says, The word of the Lord came to me and said this to me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Can, I, can we just press pause on there, right there? Because what that does, it just gives value to the unborn. Right there, it gives value to the unborn. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you, here it is, to be a prophet to the nations. And so God had a plan and a purpose and a dream for Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is writing this because he got the revelation. But you know what? This not only applies for Jeremiah, it applies for you as well. That God's dream for us was established before our birth. Before I was born, God had a dream for my life. And do you know what the greatest goal that you need to have is to align your dream for your life with God's dream for your life. Because when that happens, when God's dream and your dream align and you commit yourself to that alignment, that's how you live your best life. There is no better life to live than the life that aligns your dream with God's dream. And so, so, you know, this is what I love, is that Jeremiah was ordained to be a prophet to the nations. That was God's dream for Jeremiah. My question for you is, what's God's dream for your life? It took me a while to discover that God's dream for my life was to be a pastor. And today... You're going to have, today the pastor is preaching. Yesterday the pastor was cooking. And, uh, and, and yeah, the pastor is two things, you know. So, uh, so now you're going to get the pastor that I'm preaching and later on you're going to get the pastor that I was cooking. Sorry, the dad jokes just, I can't help myself. <laughs> And, uh, but uh, I've got Rocco and Olga who are just doing a marvellous job. And Sharon helped us yesterday as well. Give them a great big applause because they're just amazing people. But Anne had no idea that she was ordained to establish Chaplaincy Australia. When, when, when Anne and I got married, we knew that we were called to the ministry. But this concept of chaplaincy was not even in our mind. It was not even in Anne's heart or Anne's spirit. It's not as if God revealed to Anne 
at her birth or somewhere in her early days that I've ordained you to be the mother of Chaplaincy Australia. She just took that step-by-step journey. And sometimes God reveals to you exactly what it is, and sometimes it's a step-by-step journey. And you take the step-by-step, and all of a sudden, through the passions and desires that God gives you, it all opens up. And so this morning, I just want to share with you quickly the process of divine activation. Okay? So let me tell you, number one, the process begins with salvation. Why does the process begin with salvation? Because in salvation, you become divinely connected. And it's out of divine connection that you get divine activation. Now, you know, God can do anything. And we've got an illustration in Isaiah where King Cyrus was divinely activated without being divinely connected. But hey, you know what? God can do anything that he wants to do. He can divinely activate a donkey, which he did uh, in the Old Testament. But the normal process is get divinely connected first, and then you can get divinely activated. It's John chapter 1, verse 12, to as many as received him, to them he gave the authority and power to be children of God. And it's out of this connection with God as children of God that the divine activation begins. So you move from salvation to the next step, which is discipleship. Divine activation really is something that comes out of our commitment to discipleship. And discipleship is the beginning of our commitment to the divine will of God for our lives. Discipleship cannot begin without there first being a death. Now, salvation is based in the death of Christ. Discipleship is based in our own death. And there's got to be a difference between Christ dying for us and us dying for Christ. I love the verse in John chapter 12, verse 24. It's a verse that's not preached too often these days. But in John 12, 24, it says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces wheat. And this is talking about our death to selfishness, our death to self-ambition, our death to what we want from our lives, where we die to that and say, Lord, it's not my will any longer. It's your will. May your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. And that's the beginning of discipleship because by by that process, we become transformed and we become Christ-like. And in our church, we go from discipleship to helping others. And the, the helping others is always the manifestation of divine activation. I don't believe that divine activation exists without this desire of helping others. And because just doing something for yourself is all to do with selfishness. We've got to die for that, to that. And when we begin helping others and just willing to sacrifice for others, willing to pay a price, willing to be generous to others so that it's not all about me. It's not just me, 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 and it's me-centered, and it's my comfort-centered, but what can I do to help others? 
And if you're going to belong to this church, then you'll find that our three core values, the three revelations of our church is loving God, growing spiritually, and helping others. So let me move on from understanding the divine process, which is very simple. Salvation, discipleship, helping others. So if you can move from salvation to discipleship to saying, what can I do to help others? Then you're on the process of divine activation. And you don't have to know the end. It's just you're on the journey. And God just opens it up. Is that clear? It's clear, isn't it? Okay. Number two, we need to understand what drives us. What are the drivers in our life? And and this part of the message will continue next week. Because what I want to share with you next week are the negative drivers that put us off course. And, and you know, I mean, a lot of you have heard stuff that goes on in the media with uh, men of God and, and how they start well and finish badly. And a lot of the stuff that happens to them is because they've not dealt with the negative drivers in their life. And, and next week I'm going to be talking about negative drivers like self-ambition, fear, guilt and shame, insecurity, sexual addiction. I'm going to be talking about some of this stuff next week that, that actually can put us off course because they're drivers. And, you know, there's sometimes that are drivers that are still in our world that just get us off course. And that's next week's message. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, because too many people start well with great motives, but finish poorly because they've not dealt with the negative drivers in their world. So let, let me talk to you about probably the greatest driver that people have. And uh, Anne and I were in America uh, a few years back, and we went to this plaza that that actually had had uh, uh, a uh, a sign as to what the great American dream was, and the great American dream was the pursuit of happiness. And um, can I just say that there's, there's nothing wrong with the pursuit of happiness if it's sanctified. Um, the pursuit of happiness is something that can be a positive if it's got positive drivers, but can also be a negative if it's going to be negative drivers. So today is Italian Sunday, and so I thought, let, let, let me give you a bit of the Italian story from my life, because my father came to Australia with the pursuit of happiness as one of his goals. And um, I've, I've actually got a photo that I thought I'd show you this morning. Can we, can we have a look at this photo? This is, I think this is the first photo of me... Um, when I was three months old, this is at a wedding. So you can see my parents there on the left-hand side. That's my mum holding me. Can anybody recognise my mum as a young lady? And just um, next to her is my dad. And uh, that's me, little bouncy baby boy of three months old. And so the, the, the couple that are married is uh, Uncle Frank and Auntie Rosa. Now, Auntie Rosa actually came, that's the bride, She's looking pretty severe, isn't she? Huh? Uh, so she actually, she actually came to Australia with my mum. And uh, the lady behind Auntie Rosa, who's holding a baby as well as Giovanna, and so that lady holding the baby behind Auntie Rosa and my mum, those three girls, 
came to Australia together on the ship from Italy. And these three girls were totally ignorant. They didn't even know where Australia was. But they came with this dream that they were going to get married. And so Giovanna, she was uh, sent to marry. I don't know if you can see um, the guy. You can only see his eyes. That's my cousin Salvatore. Just... Just uh, two, two down from where my father is, there's his cousin Salvatore, and they came to Australia together. And so they wanted to marry Italian girls. And so Salvatore writes home and says, would you find me a girl and send her to me? And so, uh, so they found Giovanna and sent her to Salvatore. And so, but my dad already knew my mum, so um, he knew that um, she was the preacher's daughter and and uh, that's another story in itself. So when mum came, she was ready to marry my dad. And, and so was Giovanna ready to marry Salvatore. But my auntie Rose, she had no one to marry, but she knew there was plenty of eligible Italian men. <laughs> and so, uh, so Uncle Frank Marucci, uh, he was that eligible Italian man. And uh, they got married. And uh, Uncle Frank passed away on Friday at 90 years of age. And um, 90 years of age. And so I was just thinking and just reflecting on this photo and upon these people who I call pioneers. When my father came to Australia in 1952, he had no idea what was confronting him. But I stand here today saying, thank God he made that decision. And uh, when I talk to my cousins, um, they say, thank God Uncle Frank made that decision. Thank God Auntie Rosa made that decision because we are so much better off because someone made a decision on our behalf. And now I'm looking, I'm a grandfather. You know, I've got Christelle who's worship leading this morning and, and uh, her children who live with us as well and we're just enjoying the blessing of God because someone made a decision. But just that story with my dad, he came to make a, a better life here in Australia. But then when mum came to Australia in 1958 and they got married, my mum has always been a fiery, passionate God lover to this day. And so dad had to then sort of fall into line. Now, now, he was already saved, but sort of an attender more than a contributor. My mum's always been a contributor. And so she drags him, not kicking and screaming, but he actually sees the benefit of it. And um, sees the benefit that, you know, life is richer when you become a contributor. And so when my mum started home groups in a home, dad would just help set up. Mum, mum was the driver. Dad was the assistant. He'd set everything up. He'd help and he'd open in prayer or close in prayer or something small. But, but, um, but I, I just know that I, when I was a kid growing up, Sunday was the Lord's Day. John, you go to Bible, you go to, you go to Sunday school, you learn the Word of God. And so they became divinely activated in their particular way. Uh, they ended up becoming the prime movers of bringing a whole bunch of other relatives from Italy to Australia who have also established amazing lives here in Australia. Now, 
The beautiful story about that is that Uncle Frank and Auntie Rosa really weren't saved until my parents led them to the Lord. And not only did they lead Uncle Frank to the Lord, but Uncle Frank's brother, Vince Marucci, to the Lord. And, and, uh, and uh, to this day, their daughter, Maria, is leading the Bible college at one of our churches in Newcastle. And, and they still to this day say, thank God for your family that were divinely activated in sharing the gospel. And now generations later, and Maria now has her own sons who follow the Lord. But it all started with this divine activation by these Italian migrants who came to have a better life in Australia. But they never let go of the fact that, you know what, it's not just the pursuit of happiness. It's the pursuit of God's kingdom that applies to us. Can I talk to you about that for a little while? Because most of the world, their ambition is the pursuit of happiness. But when we become a disciple, our ambition is the pursuit of God's kingdom. That's what it says in Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So let me talk to you about this for a little while because I think it's so important to understand the difference between prosperity and blessedness. Because, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot that's been said about the gospel of prosperity. But what you cannot deny is the gospel of blessedness. Because blessedness is very different to prosperity. And what's the difference? Prosperity is what you want. Blessedness is what God wants to give you. And so God wants to bless you. How many of you believe that? God wants to bless you. When we read the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the beginning, the introduction is the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes, which is blessed, 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 blessed. And it's God saying, for those who are kingdom seekers, there's a life of blessing. And Anne and I wake up every single day and we just are grateful to God for the blessing of God that's upon our life. We are just so grateful for the blessing of God that's upon our church. We are so grateful for the blessings that chase us. And and I, I love the Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's God's promise of blessing. But he began this in with the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 28 and said, but listen, understand this. I want to bless you, but there's a condition for blessing. And what's the condition? Obedience. If you obey me, you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. Your barns will be blessed. Your house will be blessed. It's like God will make sure that the windows of heaven are opened upon you, but it's connected to Obedience. It's connected to seeking first the kingdom of God. It's connected to that. When Anne and I look at our lives, and you know, we're we're in our 60s now, and in two months' time, I'm going to be 64. I'm so excited about it. I'm not one of these people that sort of, oh no, I'm getting older. I'm I'm more excited about maturing and that sense of extra authority that comes with old age. And grey hair. 
Ah, come on, stop being frightened of that. You can't change it, so embrace it, is what I say. Have a positive attitude to everything in your world. And so um, what Anne and I have discovered is this, is that we're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. God has blessed us. But there's a price that we've paid. And there were times when we wanted to do the selfish thing. There were times when we wanted to do our own thing. There were times when we didn't want the sacrifice. And we said, Lord, not our will, but your will be done. What you want is what we want. Then you wake up one day and you say, wow, there was a big price to pay, but boy, it was worth it. Then I look at others who started the journey with us back all those years back, and their life is not blessed. Their life is not full of this presence of God and peace of God and the the wonderful attributes that come from the blessing of God. And why? Because when they got to a crossroad and and, and, and at the crossroad, you obey or disobey, they chose disobedience, thinking that it was going to lead them to happiness, lead them to a better life. But it doesn't. It leads them to a worse life. It's never your best life. Your best life is always lived in obedience. Your best life is always lived in seeking first the kingdom of God. Why is that? Because that's when your dream and God's dream align. And that's when God says, this is the life of blessing that I want to give to you. Can I just say to you that one of the biggest dangers is being distracted by the things of this world. It promises so much and delivers so little. But you know what? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Ah, come on. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Can you turn your eyes upon Jesus? Can you say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, not not what I want, but what you want. I want my divine activation. I, I want to come into the divine purposes of God for my life. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to start pursuing not my will, but your will be done. And God will just open it up step by step, step by step, step by step. It just opens up and you wake up one day and you say, wow, look what the Lord has done. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.